I wish Pastor Mark would go to work with me and introduce me every day. <laughs> That'd be a good start of the day. Uh, um, Pastor Mark and I have a unique relationship, and um, it's really something that I believe the Spirit of God brought us together and um, led us to each other. And I echo his words in our relationship, and not just as a, you know, a filler at the start, but um, I love the Proverbs. It says, uh, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And our friendship has definitely in, endured and um, really become a brotherhood um, and been able to lean on each other, pray for each other, uh, believe in each other. And, um, you know, it, it really does my heart good just saying to you that um, you believe in me. And I, that makes a difference in my life. And I know it makes a difference in all of your life and from his leadership, the way he pastors, he and Pastor Leah pastor this church. If Pastor Mark's a blessing to you, you just give a shout or a hand clap, a smile, something. Look, I'm itching to get in this word, um, but I, I also want to say one thing, another thing. I love Four Points Church. It holds a special place in my heart. It's been a special part of my journey of faith, and uh, I know you wouldn't be here if it wasn't the same for you. And I just want to begin to approach God, if you will, in your heart. I believe you all have already, but let's just take it another step further. And uh, I want all God has for me. I want it all. And I, I want you to just, in your heart, go ahead and let that be your witness. You're watching online today. Just go ahead and let that be your witness. God, I want all that you have for me. I don't believe God brought us in here, in here today. I don't think we came here today just for an ordinary thing to play church, to watch a church on, on screen, to just hear, hear a message. I believe we came here today, and, and the way we should approach God and the way we should approach the presence of God and, and gathering with the body is, God, I want all that you have for me. I want all that you have for us. I want all that you have for my family, for my marriage, for my work, for my ministry, for my life. And I, I just want to invite you to join me with that heart this morning. Uh, you guys have been in the middle of a, a, a series called Go, and it's a directional word. It's, a, it's, a, it's an action word. It's, it's something that requires our participation. It requires our movement. It requires us to uh, set something in motion. And it, the thing I like about when God says for us to go is that he's taking an interest in our journey. He, he cares about where we're headed. He cares about the destination that's ahead of us, and more than that, he wants to join us on the journey and give us the help that we need to get where we're going. It's not just that we're heading somewhere and when we get there it's going to be hoorah, you know, hip, hip, hooray or whatever. But God wants to do something in us. He wants to shape something in you. He wants you to learn something of who he is and who you are in him that, uh, that, that he has for you and his promise for your life. And so asking the question, where am I going, I think God is wanting you to ask that question in the middle of these times and in these days, as a person, as a church, as a family, where am I going? What am I after? What, what direction am I heading towards? What end am I pursuing? What, what, what is going to become of me? What am I, what am I putting my intent? Because, and, and that's what it is. It's the intention of God. The word go is bringing the intention of God into your world. It's such an intentional thing. It's an urgent thing. 
that, that he's saying go. And when God is releasing a word like go through a message series, then it means that there's something in me that needs to activate. Because here, here's the other thing I like about go. And this is something about God, that a revelation of God, you should know that he is an initiator. He is an initiator. You can look at this from the way that he created the earth. Go read back in Genesis. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and it was void. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, and he opened up his mouth and said, let there be light. He, he spoke something, and it initiated something, and created something in the earth. And that's the way that he does everything. He's an initiator. Why do you know God? Because he initiated the relationship. Why do we have the word of God? Because he initiated speaking to us and somebody initiated recording it. It has to do with initiative. And as the people of God, I believe that the, the uh, culture of the day and the times that we live in, that, that they, want the, they, they want the church, the enemy wants to silence the church and make the church responsive rather, rather than in, uh, initiating. And the church and people of faith are people who are at cause. We're not reading and reacting to everything that is happening around us, but we are at cause. We are initiating a move of God. We are initiating the breath of God, the, the creativity, the witness, the, the glory of God, the expression of God in the earth and in lives around us. And so as the people of God and we're responding, as we, we respond to God and we initiate in the world, Everything that we move is taking initiative based off what God has said. And so many times we have to navigate circumstances and situations and attitudes of our day that can make us get distracted by what is motivating us as we move. And I want to go ahead and tell you from the get-go, the only motivation that you need is the voice of God coming to you. And I pray today in the name of Jesus that as we open up the word of God, spirit of God, have your way. May each person, let faith come. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we proclaim your word today, we expect faith to, take, to rise up in our heart. We expect dreams to grow. We expect the spirit of God to cause things to be birthed within us. We expect, we want all that you have for us, oh God. We expect you to fulfill your promises. God, we release a praise for the word that you are speaking to us today, the thing that you are initiating to us today. In Jesus' name, let there be a spirit of revelation. Let your power be great. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Come on, somebody lift up a praise right there. I'm a conversationalist, so I need you to talk back to me today. And if you were just permit me to have the liberty to be myself and talk this thing out uh, and, and that God would trust that God is going to, to be speaking to us. The word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 6 through 8, God, God is talking to the people of Israel. And, and many of you may know the story. He's just brought them out of Egypt and delivered them from bondage and slavery to Pharaoh. And he has, he has shown this, this is uh, the moment of splitting the Red Sea. They Y'all know the story? You know, the Red Sea splits, God splits the Red Sea, and then they get across, and then it swallows up their enemies behind them. 
Oh, it's such a beautiful picture of the redemption. It's a type and shadow and revelation of what is coming in the salvation of Jesus when God sends his only son, that God is going to save his people from their sins and save them from being uh, in bondage to sin, enslaved to sin, and he's going to release them to a future, and he's going to swallow up. I love, I love to say it like this, my enemies behind me or my past behind me, my enemies beneath me, and God's purpose within me. That, that, that's what he's doing right here, that he He's, he's saving them from bondage so that they can serve the purpose of God. That's what they were born to do. That's what God created us to do. And so at our moment of salvation, it's a Red Sea experience. Moses lifted up the golden calf. He lifted up the serpent in the, uh, in the wilderness. And they, oh, that's a different story. I'm off track right there. But he, he brought them through the Red Sea. Uh, when he raised his rod and his staff, and they brought them, he brought them through the Red Sea, and he, he, God saved them. But he did not save them just to sit on their hands and stay in one spot. And that's what God is beginning to speak to them about right here in Deuteronomy chapter 1. It says, the Lord spoke to them at Horeb. This is Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, same place. It's the place where God revealed his glory, where smoke came down like glory. And God revealed himself. And God gave provision to them after he, I mean, just miracle after miracle. His salvation. And then God is speaking to them. He's revealing his glory to them. Something is happening right now. God is up to something right now. And he, he, he wants to move them and change, their, change the trajectory of their life. So he says, you've stayed, this, you've stayed long enough at this mountain. You've been at this mountain long enough. Turn and set your journey and go to the place that I have prepared for you. And you're going to meet these types of, you're going to meet all these people there but go in and possess the land that I have prepared for you and that I promise to your fathers, Abraham, Jacob, and or Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants forever. So God is, God is getting them to say, okay, this, was, this wasn't all. You, you getting saved was not all that God intended for your life. It is the beginning point, and it's God initiated it to reveal his love to you and to then let his love, as, as, as his love pours out and it runs over in our life, then it begins to produce something in us for the purpose he intended for us. And it enables us to then go after promise. All of lie, all of promise is based upon faith. All, or excuse me, all of the life of faith is based upon promise. If God did not promise me something, I would not have the faith to believe it. But and, and all of faith is seeking to possess the promise. So now that I believe God and I'm walking with him, he's speaking to me, and I'm chasing after his promises, I have to have a heart for all that he has for me. And so he comes to them there and he's saying, you've stayed at this mountain long enough, turn and set your journey. I wonder what part in your life have you parked at that is keeping you from the promise of God? I want you to ask that question. What is the thing in my life? What is something in my life? Maybe it's an experience that you had where God blew you away and you're, you're stuck on an old method and an old encounter with God. Maybe it's a disappointment or a struggle or something you've encountered in your life that, that has broken your heart and made you and has attempted to steal. That's what the enemy does. The enemy's device is to use, manipulate disappointments, experiences in your life in order to cripple you and to quit living from a heart of faith. 
I'm going to show it to you here in a little bit of how we overcome it. But, but we have to have the tenacious, audacity, boldness of faith to approach God for who he is and for the promises that he has for us. And God, if you said it, then I believe it, and I'm going to walk after it. Nevertheless, let it be done to me according to your word. I wish somebody had a spirit of faith and could say amen with me this morning. The history of man's relationship with God is how God calls him out and takes him on a journey and gives him his true name. God calls you out. He calls you out of something and into something. And the first thing he calls you into is a relationship with him. I love, I love how Paul says, he, he says, he delivered me out of the domain of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of his beloved son. And now I live in relationship with that son, and he is ruling and reigning in my life and in my heart as he is enthroned and seated in the heavens, so he is enthroned and seated in my heart. And everything that he has is beginning to unfold within my life because it is the glory of God to reveal his image through you and me. That's what he wants to do. I like how Peter said it. He said, he brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light that I might proclaim his excellencies. And I might proclaim his excellencies. And that, that we are, a, a, the church is a proclaiming body. We're not living for our own comfort. We're not needing the government to protect us. We live in society, in the world today, to proclaim the excellence of the almighty living God, the Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world from all their sins. And we proclaim him. And I don't need permission to be able to proclaim him. I proclaim him everywhere I go, every person I, I come into contact with. I'm looking to proclaim the mighty, powerful name of Jesus and give witness to his authority, his power, his love, his compassion, so that all the world may know him and have life in his name. That's the will of God. The will of God is that no one would perish apart from him. And I want to live in that will. And I want to be the one that's going and proclaiming him. But he calls us out. He takes us on a journey. That, that, that he says, turn and set your journey. And he begins to reveal to them who he has created them to be. As a nation, as a people. He begin, uh, as they walk it out, he's going to reveal to them who he's called them to be. You can look through the Bible and you see these types of encounters when Sarai, was, her name was changed to Sarah. God called her out and gave her a new name and gave her a purpose that didn't make sense to the boundaries of her biology and physiology, but God called her to a purpose and she fulfilled it because God spoke and gave her her true name. Abraham, Abram to Abraham, Jacob to Israel, Saul to Paul, uh, Simon to Peter, Esther, uh, that, that for, I was born for such a time as this. Gideon, oh, valiant warrior stand up that God comes and he meets you in order to change the way you see yourself to see yourself from God's perspective as one who was loved and has a mighty purpose and he begins to give you your true name so you can walk in it and reveal his glory he takes us on that journey and I like another quote the Ralph Waldo Emerson said the health of the eye seems to demand a horizon we never tire so long as we can see far enough I believe that's why God told them to leave this mountain because they've been looking at this mountain long enough and they need to get their eyes set on a new horizon. 
They need to get their eyes looking to what God is wanting to establish and do in the earth today. They need to get their eyes looking with expectation and hope for the promise that God ha- has given them. And I wonder today, what mountain do you need to begin to leave? What, can God, can, will you let God give you a picture of a new future today? Will you let him, I, I know you believe God, I know that you have a relationship with him, but you've been stuck at that same place. Can I challenge you a little bit this morning that, that you've been stuck at that same place and God is wanting to see, look, let me open up this lens to what your future is in God. Let me open up this lens to the promise that I have for your life. I've got a unique, specific promise. There's general promises of God that you can find in the scripture, but there's a specific promise for your life that God wants to speak to you and for your family, that's for your descendants, for the people that are coming after you, for your heritage, and for you to be established in the earth. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. So we got to go out and change our horizon. God is calling us somewhere into something. A horizon speaks of what lies ahead. It speaks of uncertainty and something unfamiliar, something that we don't necessarily know. We, we don't even know. Some of you uh, young people, I love that you're in here because I remember it was at an early age. I remember I went to a, a worship concert and uh, that, that God was speaking to me. So when I got home, it didn't stop. See, it didn't stop at, 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 the, at the event, at the moment. It's God set something in motion. I got home in an unfinished basement, and I began to worship. And that, that's, at that time, the song, Here I Am to Worship, was a, a kind of a newer song. And I began to worship. Here I am to worship. Here I am, I'm forgetting the lyrics right now. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you are my God. That that I began to worship right there and God met me and revealed his presence and his glory and began to speak to me personally. And young people, you don't have to wait for years down the road until you've experienced that God will show up right now. Josiah was king when he was eight years old. Jesus was teaching in the temple at 12 years old. David was anointed to be king at 16. Joseph had a dream at seven. I don't care what area of life you're in or what, where, who, who your mom and dad is. When God chooses to make contact with you and anoint you, he begins to speak to you that brings something to life in you. And it's you. It's for you. It's for you. You begin to experience God and desire his presence. And, and you don't have to experience and you don't have to have all the answers. And, but, but you can feel its pull. You can feel where hopefully over the last few weeks as Pastor Mark's been preaching, go, that there's something that has been coming alive in you. There's, there's something that God, this is the thing that God wants me to go after in this season. This is the thing that God wants me to go after with my life. God, I'm choosing to go after you with all my heart. This time, this place, I'm not waiting another minute or another day. I'm going after you for the fullness of all that you have for me, my family, everyone connected uh, to me today. And we, you can feel its pull. It, it, it kind of it rises within you. It's kind of like it swells. The way it is with me, it kind of ebbs and flows. It's like, it's like it will rise within me, and it seems like it comes from the deepest part of who I am. You know what I'm talking about. It begins to rise, and, and sometimes we question, God, is, is this real? Is this just an infatuation, a romanization? Is it just me being unrealistic and fantasy? But then it, when you try to ignore it, it comes back, and it begins to 
rise up within you again, and that's how you know it's from God. That's how you know it's what God has for you because it's not something that you came up with, but it's something that's living. It's like something that's living within you. It's something that's beyond you, that's beckoning you to keep on coming. And that's how the Spirit of God works with us. He goes to the first disciples and he says, come and follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. What does that even mean? I've never seen a fisher of men. Am I going to take that hook and cast it out? And when that, well, look, the first time uh, I saw anybody catch a catfish, it was my dad. And he reeled that thing in and he started beating it with a spoon because he didn't want to get stung with it. You know, what, when you catch, how, what does this even look like to fish for men? But God calls us and he's, he says, I'm going to make you become something that you cannot be on your own. I'm inviting you to follow me into a relationship with me. And the journey, you may be uncertain of what this looks like, unfamiliar with it. It may be new territory and new experiences. But if you keep your eyes on me, if you lean into your relationship with me, if you listen to the words that I'm speaking to you, then they will be life to you and they will well up as springs on the inside of you. Springs of living water will rise up from the inside of you. I love this word go because it's all over the Bible, and I, when, when Pastor Mark and I were talking about it a, uh, about a month and a half ago at breakfast, when God was first giving it to him, and it was just like, for me, it was like word association, just kind of like flashing all over things. God was reminding me of words in the Bible where the word go is used, and I remember when God called Abraham, he said, go to a land that I will show you. Uh, what in the world does that mean? Go to a land that I will show you. But because his relationship and his trust was that God had his best interest in mind. Can I say that to everybody to receive that? God has your best interest in mind. God is not asking you to go somewhere that you cannot go. He's telling you to go there even though you haven't seen it happen before because that is what you're capable of. It's the way God sees you. That when you partner with God, you can do everything he calls you to do. When you partner to God, you can do everything that he asks you to do. And when we begin to hear God speaking to us, we don't need to say, oh, no, there's no way I can do that. We need to say, God, thank you that you see me capable of doing this. And I will rely upon your word. And I will believe you at your word. And I will rely upon my relationship with you to see it come to pass in my life that's the tenacity of faith can I, I want to stir your faith a little bit with these these words that Abraham was called to go and and then Abraham uh, God invited him he said go up on the mountain and bring your son and worship and he took his son and he went and worshiped God told Moses go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go let them loose let them be free and when Moses went to ask him he said let me take let us take all of our stuff we need to take all the women all the children all the cattle all the livestock all our resources and you know what go ahead and give us your gold we need to take that too because we're going to be prepared to give God all whatever he asked to give us whatever he asked of us we're going to give him all of it so God I love that when he says go I want to go with all that's my response God you're telling me to do it I'm going with all I'm going with all of my heart all my mind all my soul all my strength every gift and talent that you've given me every word every word of scripture that I've hold on to and hold it dear in my heart I'm going with all of it I'm going with all of my family everybody connected to me come on I, I wish somebody was agreeing this morning that you're going after all that God has for you and you're doing it with all 
then, then I, would th- I was thinking about Ezekiel, and I could preach about Ezekiel because God told him to go ankle deep in the river, and then he told him to go knee deep, and then he told him to go waist deep, and then he told him, just go ahead and put your whole head under the water because I would preach to you that when you go, you will find that you will enter into a new flow, that you don't have to go with the flow of the world or everything that's going on around you, but you can enter into the flow of his spirit, and it will be like a rushing river carrying you to where he wants you to be, and he'll overwhelm you, and you won't drown in it because the Spirit of God will flow through you and bring you to where he wants you to be. I would love to preach about Joseph and how his dad was calling for him after he had a dream to go and check on his brothers who were shepherding the flock in Shechem. And and Joseph's response to his dad was, here I am. I will go. I am ready to go. And he did not know at that point that his dream was starting to unfold. But as God says, as God is calling your name and you say, I'm ready to go, here I am, right in that first step, everything that is in your future becomes activated. That first step, Everything God has for you begins to unfold. It just might not look like you thought it would look. Your brothers may turn their back on you. They may sell you and exchange you for some money or some other resources. You may be falsely accused by a person that you serve. You may may go and be uh, cast into prison. But whatever it is, as long as you stay remaining on the presence of God and relying upon his word, he will begin to unfold it. And then every part of the dream that Joseph had, God may reality because he took that first step and had a concern to go check on his brothers as the concern was in his father's heart. Will you have a concern of what is in Father God's heart this morning? Will you have a concern with what he wants to do and have an eye and a perspective for the harvest? Am I going 100 miles per hour? Oh Lord help me to get all this to you. I'm going 100 miles per hour but I really, I know I'm excited but it's not hype. It's not hype. It's when the reality of what God wants to do with us is so certain and you become convinced of it and persuaded and faith has entered your heart, then nobody can talk you out of it. And you want to talk to everybody that you can to have that same mindset and heart in the life that they live. The life that God has promised us. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Every single one of the promises is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So I come to lock on my relationship with Jesus because he has promised. I more want you to receive what God is saying, and this is something that I believe God wants to release, that you have what it takes to go. I thought I could preach about David, Pastor Mark. I love David. There's something real personal in my journey with uh, in my personal journey right now where I've been meditating on something in David's life, how he went to the priest when he was fleeing from Saul. And he went to the priest and he got the bread of the presence and he got the sword, of the, he got the sword that he killed Goliath with. And when he got that sword he killed Goliath with, he said, oh, yes, give me that sword. There's nothing like it. Because it was the weapon that was pointed against him, but he, it, it became the witness of God's presence with him. And so I'd love to be able to preach that to you of how the weapons that are pointed against you, the things that the enemy has, has con- uh, contracted and created to be able to bring you down, it become, don't get discouraged because all it's going to be, if you continue to believe God and rely upon his presence, then you will soon see that that weapon turns into the greatest witness of God's glory and his presence in your life. And it becomes the thing, David said, I'll, he said, yeah, I'll go, 
I'll go, um, his father said, go and give your bro- take this basket to your brothers. David was anointed king and not ashamed to do a small thing. See, sometimes a, a small step of obedience leads to the unfolding of the purpose God has for us. Everything that he anointed us for. Will we say yes to doing something like carrying some wine or some bread and cheese to our brothers? And know that in that we're serving God. And he, as he approached his brothers, he began to hear the taunts of Goliath, taunting the armies of the God of Israel. And, and he said, this ain't, this, ain't, this ain't how it goes down. We're going to serve him? Are you kidding me? Why hasn't anybody went and fought this guy yet? Who does he think he is? Who, who in the world? This uncircumcised Philistine? And he's taunting the God, the he's taunting the armies of the God of Israel. You got to be kidding me! He says, I'll, "I will go." What? He said, "What's the reward for going to fight him?" See that that that's when you know you're ready to go because you start looking for the way God wants to reward you. And the, uh, for those that come to God, must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. I didn't make that up. That's Hebrews eleven five and six. Go read it. He He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek Him. That He wants to reward you. So I dare you in 2021 to start looking for the reward. What's going to happen when you get there? What's going to happen when you when God does what He says? He he will do because you had the courage and the audacity to believe him at his word when he said go. And he said, oh, yeah, I got got something for this giant. I got a revelation to throw at him. He didn't throw a rock at him. He threw a revelation at him. He threw a revelation that the God who was with me when I killed the bear when I, when, I, when I killed the lion, it's the same God that will deliver me. You're going to tell me who I'm going to serve today? Are you kidding me? The God of Israel, the almighty living God, that's the only God that I serve. And you get to choose that, that I'm going to go. And, and as I go, I'm going to serve God. And whatever comes my way, it cannot, whatever disappointments, whatever restraints, whatever opposition comes, it cannot keep me from serving God. I don't care where you put me, I'm going to serve God. If I'm the front desk person at a hotel Marriott, I'm going to serve God. If I'm cutting loan out back, if I'm working and filtering through junk at an industrial complex, I'm going to serve God. If I'm preaching with a mic, I'm going to be serving God. Wherever you put me, you could put Moses, he would have said, you can put me in a basket. I don't care what you do with me, but I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to get to where I'm going. That's the audacity of faith. I'm reminded of an Ananias when Saul's conversion. To think that Saul's conversion was predicated, the, 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 it, the, it being cemented and, and the affirmation of the Holy Spirit being cemented was Ananias going to Saul at the leading of God. God told Ananias, go to Saul. Go to Saul because he has encountered me on the road to Damascus and I've got something for him. I need you to lay hands on him so the Holy Spirit can remove the scales from his eyes and he can see clearly. Oh, Holy Spirit, if you would remove the scales from our eyes so that we could see clearly who you are and who we are in you and who you are calling us to be, where you are calling us to go. And Ananias, Ananias did this. Do you know Saul was the biggest enemy to the church? Ananias is a Christian, a follower of Christ, a disciple, a known disciple of Christ. And, he, uh, and the biggest enemy to the church and the early believers was Saul, who became Paul. He was killing them. And so when God told him to go to Saul, Ananias was like, wait a second now, let me check. 
Is this the same Saul that's been persecuting the church and killing us? And God said, yeah, that's him. <laughs> he said, go. And you know what Ananias did when he went? He went to the person that was his biggest enemy, and he addressed him as brother. And everything began to break down. Because when we go trusting God and trusting his word and the purpose of God, we can go to someone that's a perceived enemy. And God will begin to release a blessing over them. That's what I love about the life of faith. That's why I love following Jesus because he's the only one that says, bless your enemies and bless those who spitefully use you. We have the power to bless somebody who hurts us. I want that. I want, I want, that, to, I want, that, to, I want my life to be known by blessing. By releasing blessing on people. But I, those are the things I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm preaching this morning from Deuteronomy. And I want to get to a person called Caleb. Because I believe that Four Points Church, all of you are like Caleb. I believe you're the type of, the peop- type of people that will go after the promise. You guys, I know you heard a little bit about Caleb and Joshua and the spies. Caleb, was a, he was a bad dude. He was one of the 12 spies that was sent to spy out the land, and he came back with a good report. He and Joshua did, and 10 of the other spies came back with a bad report, and even though they had eaten the fruit of the land, they got distracted by what they saw there because you need to know as you're going where God is calling you that you're going to have to deal with some enemies where you're going. There are enemies that are occupying the territory that God wants to possess and that God wants you to possess. They're, they're, when, when I say territory, I'm talking about the ground of someone's heart. I'm talking about the ground of the promise that God has given you. And there's enemy-occupied territory. There's people whose minds are being tormented, whose hearts are being torn, who are being broken apart because the presence of God has not, not been revealed to them. The love of God has not been revealed to them. And they need somebody that will, that will go to them and is not afraid of the enemies that they might encounter if they go and sit with them. But they go on to say, this is going to be a witness to the glory of God. They need, they need we, there, there's ground that we must take and we can't be afraid to go there because we might meet an enemy there. And they were giants, you know. These weren't just any enemy. They were giants. They were huge. And they, Caleb saw them, along with the other spies. Joshua saw them. But they came back with a different report. And I love what, what Caleb said. He said, and when, when everybody, when the other ten spies starting to say, we can't go up, even though God said go up, he said, oh, no, we can't go up. Yes, there's fruit there. Yes, there's milk and honey there. But there's also these giants there. There's these fortified cities there. We can't go there. We need to stay at this mountain where we know the glory of God has been revealed, where we know we have daily manna, where we know we have water from a rock, where we know that that God is speaking to us and we have protection. Can we just park here? And God's saying, that's not going to roll. And what's sad is there are many people who died short of God's presence when they didn't have to just because they would not obey the word of God. They died short of the plan that God had for them because they would not obey God when he said go. There are things that maybe are rising up within you. What are the mountains? What are the things that would hinder you from going? What, what are those mountains that is blocking your view from the glory and the promise of God? Ask yourself inside. Let God reveal that to you. 
If you don't know today, but you know that there's something, but you just can't pinpoint it, spend time in God's presence, and he'll reveal it to you. He loves you that much that he don't want you to be, he, he doesn't want you to be distracted because you got this thing obstructing your vision. He'll remove it from you. You know, I can go to God when I'm lonely, and lonely doesn't, loneliness doesn't have to be a mountain that keeps me from, feeling God, from fulfilling God's presence, I mean promise over my life, his call on my life, obeying what he's called me to do. I can go to God when I'm anxious. Oh, yeah, I, I love that God, that God, he knows my anxious thoughts. That I can bring all of my anxiety to him because he cares for me. I love that I can go to God when, I, when I'm fearful. And he'll begin to remove that fear. What are, what are the mountains that are keeping you? Are, they fa- are there family struggles that are keeping you? Things that you've seen your parents deal with? Things that you have dealt with for so long in your life that is keeping you from having the courage to go? Look, when God says go, it's a green light. It's a green light. In the gates, in the gates, everything that will be restraining you and holding you back. When God, God, God tells the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. It's a release from where she is and everything that she's been and everything that she's done. And you can go. Maybe there's a sin in your life that's a mountain. Take that sin to God. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He, he considers it a just thing to not count your sins against you when you come to him openly, dependent upon his grace and the salvation that comes from Jesus. What are the things that are hindering you? Are they your own affections for other things? Are they the subtle gods that we worship? Subtle gods like politics and sports and other pursuits that we give more of our affection to than God. I'm not asking this to shame you because this thing, these types of things happen. But we don't ever have to get stuck at a mountain like this and let that be the excuse that we make of why we didn't go. Who said you can go? Who gave you? God said it. God said it. Go you therefore. All authority has been given me in heaven and earth. Go you there, therefore to all the nations. Preach the gospel to them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded them. And lo, I am with you always, even until the very end. Go. Go is a word that speaks of journey. Speaks of something that is transferred. It's it's I'm transferring from one place. I'm entering the transfer portal. We all watch out now. I'm entering the transfer portal. You know, South Carolina is one of their quarterbacks entered the transfer portal, right? Yeah. I'm entering the transfer portal called God's will, his word, his spirit, his presence. And it begins to move me from a place I never thought I'd leave into something and somewhere I never thought I'd be. 
What will it be like when you get to where God has promised you? Y'all thought about that yet? What will it mean for you in your relationship with God? What will it mean for your family? What will it mean for your grandchildren if you go? I don't care if anybody in your family's ever went before. Somebody's got to go first. Might as well be you if God's speaking to you. Be the first one to go. Break down that door. Burst down that wall. Let that stronghold come on down. Let that curse be broken. Go first and enter into the blessing of God. But I love Caleb. And I got I to gotta bring this home quickly. But there, there are things that hinder us that we just need to bring to God as our high priest. He, he is sympathetic to us. He has passed through the heavens. And you know what his role is now? You know what Jesus, his role is now? He's seated down at the right hand of God with every enemy beneath his feet. And he's, he, look, look, he, 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 he's, he, he's making intercession. He's standing in your gaps. That's what that means. He fills the space between us and God. He, that's his role now. He's ever making intercession for us. He doesn't have to sacrifice again. He doesn't have to figure out another way because the way has been made once and for all, for all to go into his presence and to have life in his name and pursue his promises. So now he's standing in the gaps. Everywhere there's a gap. That's why I'm not afraid to say, God, I need you to come stand in this gap in my heart. I need you to come stand in this perception. I need you to come stand in this failure, in this disappointment. Otherwise, I'm not going to make it. That I trust you as my great high priest. That you are more than enough. What do you need to go? Here's some legs to the journey. I hope your faith is stirred. But now here's some legs to go. You need agreement. You need to break agreement with everything that is of the world and is from the pit of hell, from Satan and his demons. And you need to, to stand in agreement with God. How do you begin to do that if you've never done that? You find a scripture. You find a word that speaks and lifts your spirit. And you say, I agree. I agree with your word, oh God. And then you know what? As you continue to go to the word, there's something else. And you say, oh, yes, I stand in agreement with this word. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that I might walk in them. Yes, sir, that's who I am. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loved me. He loved me so I can conquer. See, that's how Caleb had. He had that agreement. He said his confession when everybody was, was saying we can't go, he said, y'all shut up for a minute. Y'all quiet down. Hush up. You're melting the hearts of people. Let me tell you what we can do. He said, we are well able to go up and take possession of the land that God has given us and that we will overcome. You need to find that agreement within you with the Spirit of God. You know, you know what you need to go? You need to have agreement with your spouse if you're married. It's hard to, to, agreement means together with one voice. It means we're walking in step. You know, you know what would be powerful in your home? If you, your hus as a husband and wife, came into agreement with the will of God for your home? 
You know how powerful that would be? Together with one voice, we're going after God. Together with one voice, we're joining, we're joining in agreement. The Bible gives this promise, and that's why I say you got to cling to the promises of God. If two or more agree of anything on earth, it shall be established in heaven. And so I come into agreement with my spouse. This is what, that's what Reagan and I do. My wife here sent us out, Pastor Mark. We'll be encountering something in our life, and we'll say, look, this is what it looks like. But this is what I believe God is saying we need to go after. And we'll go and we'll stand in our agreement and we'll plant our feet. And we see God do things that just don't make any sense. That's the power of agreement. And when you see it in a small thing, it builds your faith to establish it in a large thing. Like a family member who's lost. Or like a friend, a loved one who's lost. Something that's big in the heart of God. You know what else you need? You need to guard against discouragement. Can I just minister as the Holy Spirit's leading? You need to guard against discouragement. There are many things that will come to discourage you. But you need to, the way you guard against discouragement is this. You get around encouraging people. The best, the most encouraging place to be is in the family of God. And in the assembly of the called out ones who are called out of and into who are going the same direction you are here's the thing don't receive discouragement from anybody that doesn't encourage you let them talk let them say what they want to say but my courage and my confidence come from the Lord here's something else you need to do to go you need to desire blessing for those that you live with, those that you lead, those that lead you, for your enemy, for everybody around you. You need to desire good for them. Because you know why? That opens up your heart to say, I want God's goodness to come into their reality. And I want to be in a position where I can be a blessing and establish blessing. I think you need to know that full is greater than fast. Especially young people, don't go for the fast route. Don't do that. I want the full route. I don't care what it takes me through and takes me around. I want the full route. I want the fullness of the revelation of Christ. I want to walk through the things that I have to walk through in order to know Him more. I don't want the fast route. Caleb didn't take the fast route. He had to wait 45 years. And all those days, he stayed strong. And he tells Joshua in Joshua 14, he says, you were with me when Moses spoke the word of God over my life. How I would possess this land and my descendants. He says, behold, I've walked these 45 years and my strength is today as it was then. I have the strength, same strength for coming in and for going out. So it doesn't matter how young or how old you get. Caleb at 85 years old and through all of it, I, I could just see him for 40 years as people are, are dying off and a new generation is arising. He's just going around saying, oh, I tasted the fruit of the land. I've tasted his goodness. It, it ain't something that sounds good. It is good. I'll taste and see that the Lord is good. 
and I've tasted it, and there, I, I can't get the flavor out of my mouth, and I want to taste it again, and I want you to taste it. And I could see him going around encouraging himself and encouraging others. Wait till we get to that promised land. Wait till we see God drive out our enemies. And he says, he tells Joshua, I will go up and take possession. Because the Lord is with me. And he will drive out my enemies from me. My prayer for you today is that you would have the spirit of Caleb and an anointing to go the distance. There are so many parts of the journey that we don't know but you're anointed to go the distance. Your marriage is anointed to go the distance. You're anointed to go the, you're chosen and selected and God has poured out and revealed his son in you so that you could go all the way in following after him. There's a ministry in your heart. There's a dream in your heart. You can go the distance. You're going to encounter opposition. You'll encounter hardship. People are going to turn their back on you. You're going to make some mistakes and some slip-ups too. But would you have the courage to get up and say, God, if you called me, here I am. Stick with your here I am. It requires perspective. This is the last thing. Stick with me right here. It requires perspective. The other spies, when they came back with a report, they said, we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. They didn't even say what they were in God's sight. Don't we leave that out a lot of times? When you're taking inventory and you're searching and you're having God search your heart and you're battling in your mind, aren't you saying, man, I'm a grasshopper? We needed the karate kid to show up, you know? (laughs) What are we talking about? We're grasshoppers. No, we're the people of God. We're the redeemed of the Lord. There was no place he would not go. Nothing he wouldn't do. He paid the price. He gave it all. We're the redeemed of the Lord. So, he says, so we were in theirs. Most of the time, the perspective that we have of ourselves is not the same perspective that others have of us. And we get limited by it. It's a mountain that needs to move. Whose side are you finding your value in? God valued you enough. He valued Caleb enough to say, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he's the one that I want to go into the land. And he's the one that I want his descendants after him to experience the promise too. When you're anointed to go the distance and you say, I will go, it affects everything and everyone connected to you. It causes causes the, the love and the promise of God to transfer to everything and everyone connected to you. So I feel the Spirit of God releasing an anointing in this place if anybody would receive it. An anointing to go the distance. We declare the word of the Lord from Deuteronomy 28, 6 over this body, over the people, over even those listening online today. We declare over you, blessed shall you be in your coming and blessed shall you be in your going. That wherever you go, God will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Life is too short to live for the alternative. 
go? Where is it God's calling you to go? Can I tell you, you are well able. When you, when you know that God has anointed you for it, you, your confession is, I am well able. We are well able. As a couple, will you say, we are well able to establish a home that glorifies God, a marriage that glorifies God. In your heart, will you say, we are well able to do everything that God has commanded. As a church, we say we are well able. We are well able to go where you lead us, go where you call us. It is such a prophetic thing that Four Points Church owns land and territory. God, we thank you for the ownership and the stewardship from heaven to occupy territory. And God, I say in the, by the Spirit of God, may, the, may this be evidence that there is more territory to take as Four Points Church. But you got to go. You got to go together. So we say mountains move in Jesus' name. Your promise is that if we would speak to the mountain to be moved, that it shall be moved. We say mountains move. The mountain of anxiety begin to move. Oh, yeah, can you see the horizon? See what's behind that mountain? Can you see? Can you see it? Let God release. God, release visions. Fresh vision in this moment. Release fresh anointing. Release your blessing over every life. Oh, begin to change the, the canvas of the landscape of what's ahead of them. Thank you. Thank you, God. Let, thank you that it's full of hope. Yeah. Thank you that the mountain of fear began to move. You know, when they started the journey, they were 11 days away from what God had promised them. And it took them 40 years. And I say that to finish up with this. You're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. You're one moment in God's presence away from it. You're one act of obedience away from everything that God has for you. I sense God's blessing over you as a couple. Are you guys a couple? I just release God's blessing. Blessing is help for the journey. I declare that you will have help that you didn't see coming. <laughs> I see help in relationships that you need. Help that they did not see coming. Fresh anointing to go the distance. Chosen by God, selected by God for each other and for the glory of God to be revealed through them together. Have the courage to go. Have the courage to go. Brian, I just let the dream live, man. Let the dream live. Dream, live, live again. When I say live, it's like it, it starts to breathe. And not just that it's there, but it's, it's breathing. I see like your chest rising, your heart beating faster. We declare every dream that God has given you 
to be of God. And God, we declare an environment of blessing around him to protect his dream. Thank you that his home is blessed. Thank you that his relationships, his friendships begin to bring more blessing to his life. And let that dream begin to begin to grow. God, today we thank you for your presence. I declare over every life, you're closer than you think. You're closer than you think. Have the courage to go where God is calling you. You'll be so glad you did. You'll see miracles happen as you go. You'll see your sons and daughters prophesy and be established in the faith. You'll see disconnected things come back together. Go when it doesn't look like it's the time. Go because God said go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, mighty God, for your presence, for your word. We worship you. And we draw close to you.